This is Victory Christian Fellowship. We are a community focused on loving God and loving others. Tune in each week as Pastor Mark teaches us about God's love and the call on our lives. Hey, we've been in a, a series, Pentecost in this hour, and trying to bring the Holy Spirit, the breath of God, which really is what Spirit, Holy Spirit means. Holy Ghost means the breath of God, the wind of God into our life. You need the Holy Ghost more than ever before so you can get out and function in society. Amen? And be part of the answer. Be part of the light, part of the reasoning to go forth. It's not a time for believers to shrink back. Matter of fact, God is not pleased with those that shrink back. Okay? So what are each one of us supposed to do with our life and our personality and so forth? This is the scripture that we've been using uh, look at this, because we're going to be talking about a love for all the people of all the world. But this has been our launch scripture. This day I call heaven and earth as witnesses against you that I've set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Now, what are we supposed to do? <clears throat> Say it again. <clears throat> all right, that's what we're going to do. <clears throat> Excuse me. I've asked Rick Martin to share briefly this morning to us as well, because I want us to just expand our love for all the people of the whole world. Because if you have the Holy Ghost, you're going to love everyone. You're going to love all the nations. You're just going to love people. And because Rick and Tracy, they head up Rama, Egypt, it's amazing what's going on. He's going to give us a quick update about what's taking place because he'll be returning to Egypt in a few weeks to work with the students and the leaders and teachers. And so it's important that we cover them in prayer. They're from our church. What they do, it's a part of us. As we pray, as we give, as we support, it's an extension of you, each one of you. So, Brother Rick, come on up. And uh, is he going to use this mic? <clears throat> what does Rick need to use? So this is on um, live stream. This one? Gray. Gray. That one. Get used Get that one. Welcome again, Victory Christian Fellowship. <laughs> Welcome to a day of technical uh, goofiness. It's all good. There you go. Hallelujah. Come on, Rick. Now I got the power. <laughs> right? You know, it's funny. Uh, as, as they were Devin. singing one of those songs, there was Devin. a verse that just really, really mm-hmm. stuck out to me. When I open my mouth, miracles start to break out. Hallelujah, church. When we open our mouth, miracles should start to break out. Why? Because we have power in our voices. There's power in the spoken word. Why is it that we shrink back? Church, we should be opening our mouths and watching miracles break out. You know, in school, I I, I did a report on Smith Wigglesworth, and he didn't think it was strange when people got healed. He didn't think it was strange when people were raised from the dead. Why? Because he knew who he was in Christ. He knew that there was power in his words. Church, it should not surprise us when miracles happen, when you open your mouth, especially in this hour. Church, God rejoices and loves to do the impossible. He takes great joy in doing something awesome in the middle of something bad. So we look around us, we read the news, we see the junk going on, but God wants to do something great through you, through us, his church. 
And church, if we draw back in this hour, we're going to lose this nation. We're going to lose this move we have. It's not time to run and hide. It's time for us to stand forward and be who God called us to be. And that's light. That's life. And that's peace and healing to this generation. Because that's who Jesus was. Jesus wasn't motivated by fear. He never was. He was motivated by his great love for humanity. That was his singular motivation. Not ethnicity, not creed, not color, not race, not gender. But love for us, his children. And church, I got to tell you something. That needs to be our motivation. I may step on some toes right now, church, and I'm sorry. You just have to forgive me. I get to leave and go to Egypt. You can't do anything to me. It's not a political party. It's not a man's idea. It's not social norms. It's not racial injustice. It should be love that we base our emotion, we base our movement, we base our motivation on is the love for humanity. Because each and every one of us has a soul. I remember many years ago, I was sitting in, a, in an Egyptian cafe, and this waitress was doing a really bad job, and she wasn't really being nice to us because we're Americans and, and, and we're Christians. She was Muslim. I was getting frustrated inside, and I remember hearing Jesus say these simple words, she has a soul. She has value to me. Every human has value to Jesus Christ. Every human has value to God. And it is our job to show them his love, to show them his compassion, to show them his healing power. It's not our job to condemn them. It's not our job to be their judge. It's our job to be their light. It's our job to be the one that introduces them to Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior. Church, I can't tell you how many times I have been the, the, the whipping post for racism. In the Middle East where we minister, they hate me. They hate my race. They hate my religion. They hate everything about who I am. But I've never let it stop me once. Because I can stand here today and tell you that showing them the love of God has turned my enemies into my friends. Has turned people who wanted to blow up our country into followers of Jesus who are now ministering in my Bible school. That's what the love of Jesus did. He took a radical Muslim... And he brought them to know Jesus. And now they minister seven days or five days a week in my Bible school. This guy wanted to literally strap a vest on and go to New York and blow up something. But today he's preaching Jesus. Why? Because he met the love of Jesus. That can happen in our society today, church. But we can't be the ones that run away. We can't be the ones that turn back. We see that, that in John 4, Jesus didn't really care about social norms. In John 4, Jesus goes to this well and there's a Samaritan woman. Now the Samaritans at that point, they were not people that, 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 that the Jews were supposed to socialize with. Socially, this was wrong. Not only that, but she was a woman and he was a Jewish man. Everything was wrong about this situation socially, but Jesus did not care. Because his concern was for her soul. He looked past her society. He looked past her gender. He looked past her ethnicity. And he looked at her heart. And he said, she's valuable. Church, that's what we should do today. We should look at the value of each and every heart that we minister to. 
When I go to Egypt, I don't see Muslim. I'm beyond that now. I see hearts. I see sheep without a shepherd. I see people who need so badly what I have to give. Church, we're in a time in our nation when our nation needs badly what you have to give. When our nation needs so badly to be healed. But it's not going to happen by by violence and force. It's going to happen by showing the love of Christ when it's hard. Jesus never once said it would be easy. He said quite the opposite. If we look in John, in John 16, Jesus tells us that there's going to be some hard times. But be of good cheer. Because I have overcome the world. In James, he says it like this. He says, consider it pure joy when you fall into diverse temptations and trials for knowing that the perseverance, or for knowing that the testing of your faith will, will produce perseverance. I should probably read it. Consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. Let perseverance finish its work so that you may be mature, complete, lacking nothing. Church, God is maturing us in this time so that we can lack nothing, so that we can reach into this time, into this hour. You know, many people ask us, well, how's Egypt doing? And they expect me to to give them some woe is me tale. But you want to know what? We've grown. We've expanded. In the middle of COVID, we've been able to add more students. We've gone virtual. We've had to go virtual. But what that's done is it opened up more households to us. So our numbers have actually gone up with our students attending. Tracy was able to do a virtual women's conference just a few weeks ago. As you guys know, we were going to go over there, bring all these pastors' wives, and and bless them for a couple days. That's what we were going to do. Well, COVID shut that down. Well, she decided it's not going to stop me, so she did it virtually. And i got to tell you, they were blessed. I've heard so many reports of women taking that message that they preach back into into their communities and really changing lives. So, church, we've not shrank. Ramah Egypt's growing. Our third campus did do its launch. We didn't let COVID stop that. Our second church opened its doors. We didn't let COVID stop that. And let me tell you something amazing. Because of what's going on right now in Libya, God's opened a door for Ramah Egypt to actually... I'm sorry, I'll I'll go back over here. My bad, everybody online. I'm a walker. But because of what's happening in Libya, God's opened a door for us to start a work in Libya. Yeah, church, in the middle of COVID, in the middle of civil war, in the middle of unrest, Raymond Egypt's able to push into Libya now and start a work. I don't know about you, but God's a big God. God takes great joy in doing the impossible. And church, I'm here to tell you today that all of that began when I chose to not see ethnicity, color, and race. It happened because I chose to love people who were not my own. I chose to look beyond those things and see a soul that was in need. I want to encourage you today, church. Look beyond the news. Look beyond what you're being told and look into the Word of God and let it show you that love is the most powerful force that this earth has never known. It drove Jesus to a cross so that you and I could have salvation. It drove God to give his only son so that you and I could be called sons and daughters. That's what love did. So I want to encourage you today. (laughs) Fulfill the great command. 
love your neighbor as yourself. Fulfill that. I love that it's not the great suggestion. It's not the great option. It's a commandment that we love our neighbors, that we bless those that persecute us and despitefully use us. That's what we're commanded to do. And I want to encourage each one of you, coming from somebody who's made it their life to reach a people who are not their own, this nation needs you. We need you. The world needs you. The people on those maps need you. They need you to show them the love of Christ. Because guess what? Jesus has done, right? Jesus sat down at the throne. He's done. He's done all he's going to do. He gave us the power. He gave us the authority. He gave us the responsibility to make him known on the earth today. So go do it, church. Go do it. Don't let a border, don't let an ethnicity, don't let a gender stop you. Break down those barriers and let them see the Jesus that's in you. Because I can tell you the Middle East will never be the same. It will never be the same with what Ramah Egypt's done and what Ramah Egypt is continuing to do. We've got over 150,000 copies of books circulating over the Middle East. I've sent copies of books into every Middle Eastern nation to this date. Jesus is going to be in the Middle East, y'all. The Middle East is going to be reached. We're not going to shrink back because people don't like us. I don't care. I really don't. Because as soon as they really meet Jesus, that all changes. And if you can put aside some of your feelings, your petty hurts, and your worries and your fears, and get through to them, you can change them. And that's what we're for, church. That's why we're here. So I want to encourage you today. Let love be your motive. Let love be your motive. Hallelujah. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, Rick, stay there. Hold the microphone for a moment. Hold the microphone. Yeah. Oh, no, I know. We're in trouble. This one? Okay. Now, how many students do you have or have you had through the years now? How many people, Egyptians, have you equipped? Are you currently equipping? Equipped or reached? Those are big differences. Well, students, and then we'll talk about reached. Equipped about 700 plus. <laughs> reached where reached where over a hundred thousand now. A hundred thousand people led to Christ. Yeah. Led to Christ, not just here's a track, but let come on, folks. From a drug addict, lost heathen, as they say up here. Heathen. Heathen. Saved, delivered, filled with God's spirit. Trained, equipped, sent out. Amen. That's, That's right. because he who's forgiven little loves little. He who's forgiven much loves, loves much. much. Rick knows he's been forgiven much. Come on, let's give him another hand clap. Thank you, man. That's awesome. Well, I'm microphoned up. Put that one somewhere. <laughs> All right. Wow. I, I just hope you, you caught some of that and, and can realize. I know that's some big numbers, but we serve a big God. <clears throat> and even though we're a smaller community and, and so forth, you can do a lot for the kingdom. So because Rick and Tracy, that vision is a part of us, it's a part of you. And so as you participate, as you tithe and you give, it goes to support that. You know, my opinion, Americans have been rather spoiled and we've been rather isolated from the needs and the people of the world. What adversity that didn't cross over into our borders, since that didn't happen per se, 
and putting us to sleep spiritually, the prosperity of our nation can put us to sleep spiritually. Did you hear that? But now there's something that's not only affecting America, it's affecting the whole world. Now, too often in the past, some have focused the spirit-filled life, the spirit-led life as almost a rather self-serving benefit to isolate and to insulate us from the needs and people of the world. Kind of like, Lord, bless me. Thank you. I'll come back when I need another blessing because it's about me. And folks, when we finally can get delivered, it's not about me. It's not about my feelings or this or that. That's when you step into the potential of accomplishing something for the kingdom of God. If we don't get the heartbeat of the mission of Jesus, I said the mission of Jesus and the purpose and the function of the Holy Spirit, we will miss out on the most rewarding joys we could ever have. So in your bulletin there, turn it over, the notes on the back. I want to continue with this thought that Rick began so wonderfully, a love for all the people of the world. And, you know, I may oversimplify just for a moment if, if you'll let me do that. Let me remind us of John three, sixteen and 17, okay? For God so loved what? What does he love? Not just America. Not just Kentucky. He, yes, the whole world. Everybody say the whole world. That he gave his one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. And everybody says, okay, and Rick mentioned this too, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world. And you know what? Neither are we supposed to condemn the world. Thank you, Rick, for mentioning that, especially if they're walking in darkness, especially if they don't treat you just right. That's all they know to do. God didn't send his son to the world to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. And this is why I love missions, anything locally right in our region here, Jerusalem, Judea and Samaria, and to the uttermost parts of the earth. You just heard Rick share what's taking place through the life of one of our own right here from Somerset. Rick, you can touch Rick. Well, maybe you're not supposed to touch him right now. But you know what I'm saying. You can see him and you can wave and all that type of stuff. But he's one of us. Now, you know, Jeanette and I tithe. It's just, it's automatic. We don't even think otherwise. But I want to challenge this also then in our missions giving, which can be acts of kindness, serving, doing all kind of things of that nature, but also supporting financially. We support Rick above our tithe every month. We just, 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 just automatic. I'd rather not do something of entertainment or whatever to support. That, that's just how we live because it's very important. As they're reached, as Egypt is reached, it's a, it's a blessing. It's eternal fruit for you. I said it's eternal fruit for the kingdom of God. So Raymond Egypt is one of the things, in addition, we support. The fruit is awesome, and it's not just about numbers, but I'd rather take two people to heaven than just one, okay, because God cares about people. The return on your investment is powerful. Now, why do Rick and Tracy do this? Well, a love for Egypt, a love for I said a love for the world. When I was there last July with Rick, it was a year ago right now, we were over there together. 
you could just see how alive, how connected, how he functioned. It was just like, man, he's not American, he's Egyptian. He just knew what to do and interact with the lost and the saved and the students and the teachers. It was amazing. It's a lot of work for them. It is a lot to coordinate. It's not easy. I said it's not easy. But anything worth something costs. If it's just simple and easy, then everyone would do it. But he would say it is one of the most rewarding things of eternal value that they have ever participated in. And they're so excited to do it. And I'm so glad as a young person I was introduced to missions and to the world at an early age. As a teenager, after we were filled with God's Spirit, and were part of a church that was involved in missions, I just suddenly, instead of tunnel vision of just me, I could see the world in a different way. And I'm so glad I saw it as an important part of the local church. Locally, outreaches beyond here, what we would do in driving distance and so forth, but then the whole world. If we're going to love the world and love the people of the world and love someone different from our own culture or race or nationality, listen, it must take the breath of God. I said it must take God's spirit to breathe into the cell of your life so it blows you into the direction of what needs to take place so you can accomplish it for God. If you're waiting to have all your ducks in a row, guess what? It's not going to happen. Ducks go every which, which way. If you're waiting to a perfect time in your life, it won't be there. If you're waiting to get married, you get married, and then you're too busy, you know, trying to support your spouse. And, well, you know, well, after we have children, you get children, you're too busy trying to raise them. Well, after we get married, you're just too tired at that point. So just jump in now. Whatever's going on, that's going to help you reach people. So let me share five very simple attitudes. Everybody say attitudes just straight from Scripture that are written in First Peter, if you want to turn there in your Bible, chapter 3, or it'll all come up on the screen, or it's on the back of your bulletin, that I'm going to give you a space and ask God to breathe on this for your life. The Holy Spirit, the third person of the Trinity, let, let it happen so your love, my love for the people of the world can expand. Let let my love expand. Because if you watch news and you watch everything right now, your love for anything beside yourself shrinks. Did you hear me? Now, I'm not saying avoid news or this. It's just you've got to know what you allow into your spirit. Because everything is trying to shut you down and make you dependent on something else other than the Holy Ghost. And when you're filled with the Holy Ghost, he will help you do something even afraid. You can't read the Bible with a page by page seeing men and women of God who had to put their life on the line and take a risk to accomplish what was on the heartbeat of God. And we're filled with the Holy Ghost, not to hide, but to be a light and to help someone, help a shut-in, reach out to the neighbor, be a part of something bigger than ourselves. So this is very simple, but you're going to see it in 1 Peter 3, verse 8, the English Standard Version. Finally, all of you, do we have any all of yous in the house? Have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Can you say that with me? Let's say this verse. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, 
and a humble mind. Let's take those five thoughts and just talk briefly about each one of them and allow it to just give us a love. I said a love for the people of the world. I've not been to every country, obviously, but I think about it often. I love it when I meet someone from a different country, a different nation, ask them questions about their culture, their love for the Lord, how they worship there, what's important to them. I love it. I I love to experience Jesus in a different setting. I hope you get that opportunity where you really are a minority in a different country and you see these people worshiping and very often singing the same songs you sing here, but they're singing it in their own language. Something that's so hard to do is when you're in another country and they're singing in their language a song you're very familiar with, it's hard to get your words right. How many know what I'm talking about? It's just hard to do it. But the enthusiasm, the joy in some of these countries, it's, to me it's like they've been in pandemic shutdown for a year, and this is their first time together back with the body of Christ. The joy, the enthusiasm, the excitement. I mean, it's wonderful to be with believers from different countries. So let's take that verse and use it as an outline, a love for the people of the world. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. So how can we use this, how to develop a love for all the people of the world? Unity of mind. Finally, all of you, and that's all of us, we're an all of you group here, unity of mind. Now, we don't agree on everything. I mean, a husband and wife are not agree on everything. My wife is saying amen. It's just, listen, we all have differences of likes and opinions and all that, right? We see problems from different perspectives intellectually and even spiritually. We all have opinions, and we don't always need to be shouting out our opinions. Help us, Lord. The question is, even with an opinion, can we come to an agreement? Do you hear me? Can we come to an agreement about God's heart for all the people of the world in a unity of mind. I need your perspective. I need to hear it. You need mine. Let's not be threatened by totally different love that maybe someone has for one country and this one over here is a love for that country and they're supposed to do something. That's wonderful. Let's just let's listen and listen to each other and be connected, crossing over and caring because Many of you have been on the mission field right here from our church with one of our groups or with his servants ministry or something, and you've been around the world. Uh, maybe you've been to a country I've not been to as of yet, and you have a, just a love and a concern, and I don't want to use the word burden because that sounds like something negative. It's just that you have a liking, and, and you know people there, and it's just on your heart. Or you're involved in something locally, something from out of the church here, one of our outreaches or something, and you care for that, and it's so important to you. But when we share, and we generally, genuinely hear from each other, and I hear your heart and your love for whatever it is, and you hear my heart, I can't take everything on. I can't make everything be a responsibility of the church. But the things the Holy Ghost sure enough breathes on that we can do together, then suddenly the exponential potential of that just multiplies greatly. Are you with me? 
Rick is helping us make progress in our affection and our love for Egypt. Now, most of us will probably never go to Egypt. Some of you have been. Some of you will go eventually. I'm planning to go back again with Rick at the right time. But unity of mind, it starts with this simple thought and perspective, okay? Hey, I can hear your heart and your perspective for Egypt, whatever it is. You see, man, you, man thanks for sharing that. Look, look at your passion. Look at your heart for that. Something you're to do, not an opinion and being critical of something, your heart for something, and I hear your heart and your care and your love, I suddenly can come into agreement, unity of mind, what's on your heart. And then we can have growth at that point. Amen? Number two, how to develop a love for all people of the world? Sympathy. Now, I'm going to help us understand this word. It's not this whiny, crying thing of that nature. Sympathy, well, first this, finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy. There's our verse. Feeling together. Feeling together. When Rick shares about Egypt, it helps you hear the need, envision the need, hopefully feel the need for prayer support, caring, Offering Now, we support from the tithe every month, Rick and Tracy, but I love it when different ones are giving above their tithe and we can give more because what they do, it costs. But look at the fruit. I said, look at the fruit. A love for the people of the world has to go, listen, it has to go beyond an intellectual, mm, yeah, people. What's for lunch? Mm, okay, yeah, that was, that was a good message. Yep, yep. Um, and, and back to it's it's got to go where suddenly there's a connection and you feel something that you know I've got to do something. I've got to be a part. I've got to be a part. A bigger question is, can I enter the feelings you are experiencing? What's on your heart? I'm talking about something you're supposed to be doing for the kingdom of God locally, regionally, for the world. Paul said rejoice with those that rejoice and weep with those that weep. And I believe if we would just allow the Lord to help us enter into this dimension more with people we know or be the good Samaritan to the one suddenly we see in the ditch, think of the impact it would have for the kingdom. Ministry should never be a project. Ministry is a heart connection. I heard this this week on Caleb. In the morning when I'm driving in, that's about the only time I really listen to news. And then if it suddenly starts getting critical, I just put it back on Caleb. I encourage you to do that, okay? Because I pray for our leaders, and, you know, I don't want to criticize any of our leaders from our president down. As soon as I hear it, I turn it off. I encourage you to do that. We're to pray for leaders, not criticize leaders. So I turned it to Caleb, and they began with this story. It was a high school graduation. I don't know if it was this year, probably last year. But uh, this teacher, very intuitive teacher, who had this word right here, sympathy, feeling together. 
And so this teacher was just noticing the, the graduates and so forth, and the graduation is over, and family would all be hugged up with their child or grandchild or cousin or their friend in pictures and all this going on all over the place. But this teacher was looking and saw a student who had just graduated with no one, no family, no relatives, no celebration, no caring. And this teacher was just like, ugh. I'm talking about sympathy. What, when does your heart go, ugh? And so this, I don't know if it was male or female, doesn't matter, went up to the student and said, man, congratulations. I'm so proud of you. I want to take you out to dinner. They just took the, the student out to dinner, just talking to him. Now, tell me about your dreams. What is your aspiration? And it gave that young person the ability to verbalize what was in their heart for their life. And it was very good. You know, I don't remember what it was about, but just a very good dream. And this teacher said, I want to help you. And so the teacher began just sharing what they had sympathy for because no one else had seen it. No one else had sympathy. And suddenly, whoa, I didn't know. I didn't see that. No, because you weren't looking around. And all these teachers started getting together and other people, and now they're raising funds to buy that student a car. Therefore, that student can go to school and accomplish what God has placed in their heart because one person identified with sympathy. What are you identifying with? Do we see a love for all the people of the world? All the people of the world. Let's talk about a man that's here that's now moved. Kenya, where is Kenya? Right. Help me out, Rick. You know where it is. Somewhere right over there, isn't it? It's over here. There it is, right here, right in front of me. Sorry. <laughs> right there. Kenya. I don't know if I'll point to it. It doesn't show. But we were having a prayer meeting, one of our prayer meetings. Come tomorrow. We're going to have one tomorrow at 7. It's not convenient. It's not easy. But I'll be here if you want to come pray with me from 7 to 8. And um, one of our men was here, Larry McNabb. And we're just praying. We had music on. We're walking around. And he got under that flag. He got under Kenya. And he started weeping. I mean, just weeping. So we come up together at the end, and he comes here and talks. He says, Kenya. I'm going, yeah, I know. It's, it's a flag. It's right there. Kenya. I mean, he just went on and on with this. So I called Larry to verify the story a little bit. He says, Mark, when I got under the flag, I felt the wind of God. Come on, folks. Do you recognize the Holy Ghost when the Holy Ghost is one of the, we, we recognize the Holy Ghost when he's going to bless us. But what about something you're supposed to be doing? proactive. And he said, I've got to do something. I've got to go. So Rick, I think you went with him on that first trip, an exploring trip, and correct me if I don't say anything correctly, and meeting people. And, you know, we had contacts there. One of the missionaries we do support, Donald Matheny, every month in Nairobi doing an awesome work. And they went there and end up going out in the country. And that's where y'all end up meeting uh, Bishop Chegi, who comes here periodically and so forth. But suddenly they came to that. They came to that, and that's a British railway station. Do you remember what year that would have been built, Rick? 20s? Uh-huh. Turn of the century. You know, the tracks are gone and all that. No longer is there um, a railroad there. 
but this is facility, and we love old structures like this and so forth. And then meeting the people of that area, knowing they had no medical attention, nothing of that nature, Larry, seeking the Lord, he knew he had a window to do something there, to start it, to complete it, and begin working on this, and somehow see this manned, okay? So here they are now, fixing this up so that it can become a medical place. Several people in church have gone and been a part of it and fixing it all back up. Here's a team here, all part of it. There's Sherry. That's Larry's wife. There's Larry McNabb. That's Teresa Wilson. And is, is that Harold Maynard? Not sure. I know Harold is gone. So here they are finishing it up. There's Jeff. That's your brother, right, Rick, right there. So here it is, getting it complete. Here's now uh, people coming for treatment. Americans would go over and bring teams, but the goal was to get the government involved and turn it back over to them, which is awesome. Be a part of that solution. And here it is. It actually happened. So now it is manned by the Kenyans, and they are serving their people um, at this medical center on an ongoing basis and serving. Here's even another thing. They did a water well and so forth. Sometimes they just go over and they go from church to church and preach and so forth. Simply because. Yeah, watch where you stand, folks. I see some of you moving out. You don't want to get under a flag. <laughs> no. Hey, folks, that's when you come alive. I said you come alive. And, man, this couple, Larry and Sherry, we miss them dearly. They moved, took another job, and they're closer to their children now, which is an awesome thing. But it all happened because of this sympathy, this identification with a country with a nation. And you don't have to cross the sea, you just need to see the cross. Most of you, it's going to be something right here at the church or out of the church or in your locale or your subdivision, wherever you live, but it's going to happen. Number three, how to develop a love for all people of the world? Brotherly love. Brotherly love. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, Brotherly love. This third attitude is realizing we're just actually one people. We're all one people. We're all human beings made in the image of God. He created us all for his pleasure. I said he created us all for his pleasure. So he must absolutely love the diversity created in his family. He loves it. If my three sons, I know it was a TV show, but I'm talking about my literal three sons here, were up here standing next to me. They don't even look like brothers. I meant they don't. And we all, I always make a joke, if you've ever watched Bonanza, and the three boys on that, you had Hoss, you had Adam, and you had Lil Joe. It's, I can almost relate that for my kids. You know, they don't look anything alike. Their personalities are different. Their likings are different. If I want to start an argument, I say, now, what, what's the best truck out there? Boy, they get going and, you know, just because they're boys and guys and all that type of stuff. But I, I tell you what, though, there's a brotherly love there, and we, we tried to really encourage that and keep that going. All three of them are serving the Lord today because of that. They're all different, but they're serving God in a unique way. So we must see beyond personality differences, and we've got to see the heart. Paul said there's neither Jew nor Gentile, slave nor free, 
male or female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. And Rick used that scripture as well when he was speaking. We're all one. Now, we need to really see it saved or not, or not saved as yet. Saved or not saved as yet. Number four, how to develop a love for all people of the world. A tender heart. A tender heart. Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart. You know, a stubborn, hard heart will not adapt in love beyond the familiar. Let me repeat this. A stubborn, hard heart will not adapt in love beyond the familiar. It can be harsh, opinionated, attacking, just plain old mean. It holds grudges, bitterness, and deep, seething anger towards someone they don't agree with. May that never be amongst us, okay? Again, what did Paul say? Be kind to one another, tenderhearted, there's our word, forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And if you read other parables and stories, if I don't forgive you, whoops, man, that just go to it. Was there, okay. If I don't forgive you, I'm jeopardizing my forgiveness. We've got to be forgiving. Be careful because you can watch something in the news or internet, you can read something that can totally change your heart from God's view and the view you're supposed to have as a spirit filled believer. Check your heart. Is your heart tender today? Is it tender? Is it forgiving? Can your heart overlook offenses? I know some of those stories that Rick talked about, and he could have easily been offended by some of the ways he was treated. But he realized it wasn't about him. It had nothing to do with him. It, it was all about others and reaching them. See, these are tests we all face. Do we hold prejudices, stereotypes of nations, any inherited attitudes we need to break off from our upbringing? See, a kind, tender, soft heart can blend and bend and flow with others. Flow with others. Even those who have a serious, hard heart, because yours is tender, suddenly it can affect them. Thank you, Rick, for preaching that too. Because now some of them are teachers in the school. I've told you this story. I just think of it right now with this illustration. But a friend who had gotten saved and started being a part of a witnessing group going out. It really was effective back in the 70s in college. And just going out in some of the darker places of society where a lot of drinking and drugs and so forth is going on. So this guy who gotten saved on fire for God. Oh, I want to reach people for Christ. So he starts witnessing to this one guy outside, and suddenly it almost goes from just witnessing to harassing, come on, trying to arm wrestle the guy to understand something. And they're, now they're arguing, and finally the Christian just looks at the lost guy and said, well, go to hell then. So we pulled him to the side. <laughs> That's not how you do that. Forgive me if that offended you. You got to forgive me. Hallelujah. <laughs> a soft, tender heart. Tender. Can you reach out to someone with a serious heart issue 
and be Christ to them? Or are you waiting for them to come up to the level of how you want to be treated? What did I say? (laughs) Can you reach out to someone who's different than you? Are you expecting them to come up to your expectation of how you want to be treated before you're kind to them, tenderhearted? You have to realize when someone is mean or arrogant or harsh or unloving to you, there's an issue. And if you can let whatever's coming at you and you just move out of the way and let it go into the heart of the Lord and not take any of that personally, then you can see them with Christ's eyes and their heart. It takes maturity. Are we mature? That is the question today. If you are, you can have a love for all the people of the world. One more. How to develop a love for all the people of the world? A humble mind. So here's the whole verse. Let's say it together. Will you say it with me? Finally, all of you have unity of mind, sympathy, brotherly love, a tender heart, and a humble mind. Wow. One final serious attitude that has to doubt, just it has to bow before the Lord Jesus, and that's superiority. Okay? None of us are more special than someone else. None of us. In fact, I'm going to show you scripture. We're supposed to see ourselves less than. We're not superior than anyone in our family, work, any situation. We're to really think of ourselves less than. A humble mind actually sees others as better than themselves. And I'm not talking about false humility and a poor self-image. I'm not talking about, I'm talking about the mind of Christ. I'm, the mind of Christ. How many want the mind of Christ? Oh, we love it when we're making a major decision or purchase. Or I want the mind of Christ. But if you get the mind of Christ and you treat people horribly, it's a contradiction. Contradiction. Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others. Who are the others? Everybody. More significant than yourselves. And one more verse from Romans 15. May God, who gives his patience and encouragement. I'm so glad God is patient with me. Are you glad for that? Help you live in complete harmony with each other as is fitting for followers of Christ Jesus. Anybody a follower of the Lord? Okay. He wants us to be in harmony. Now, harmony does not mean likeness. It doesn't mean have to exactness. We, we agree in things that even vary some. Are you with me? Okay. If you do that, then all of you can join together with what kind of voice? What kind of voice do we need as believers in America right now? Help us, Lord. And what are we to do? Give praise and glory to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. See, that's what I love, the blessing song that the team led us in this morning. If you remember several weeks ago, I showed you the video of that from a church that they did with people singing from around the world, the children singing from around the world and others. Wasn't that awesome if you were here? Just so powerful because it just expands our heart to see 
believers from the nations of the world. But a high-minded, proud, arrogant attitude, listen, it's satanic. And I don't want that in my life. Yeah, or my seed or any of us. His pride led to his fall. Any self-flattery and superiority, it must be broken at the foot of the cross where our Savior hung broken, bloody before all the world. A humble attitude thinks, you know, in my mind, I see you better than me. Have my seat. Take this. Hey, what can I do for you? How can I, how can I help that widow? What can I do for this child that doesn't have a parent? That's pure religion there. I said that's pure religion. It's, I need a love for the people of the world. I need it. And if we'll do that, the body of Christ can develop a sincere love for all people of the world. Finally, all of you have unity of mind. Sympathy. Get under that flag of Kenya and see if the wind of God doesn't blow on you or something. Who's your heart? You see something, you just know, I've got to be a part of that. I've got to be part of the answer. Brotherly love. Tender heart. A humble mind. Can we just stand? Thank you, Lord. Let's bow our head. What a joy seeing you today in the house of God, coming to be equipped. Those who are listening online, being equipped so you can love all the people of the world. You're going to have opportunity today, this week, to love people, all people. Oh, it's so much fun loving someone that you like. So much fun loving someone where you have an investment in them and you see things going on and you're just wanting to continue that. But if you allow the Holy Spirit, the wind of God, the breath of God, the touch of God to fill you, and fill the cell of your life so when he blows, suddenly you find yourself in a given day a week just touched with a love and a compassion and a concern. That's when life becomes spirit-led and spirit-filled. You know, with your head bowed, maybe there's someone here, first of all, you've not experienced that yourself. You know about Jesus. Maybe someone's witnessed to you, but you've never allowed him to become Lord of your own life. You, you, you would say, you know what? I don't know of my eternal destination, the event of my death. Would I be in heaven? I don't know. But I tell you what, it, through Jesus, he made the way. We have to realize that, and we have to ask for forgiveness and receive him. So if that's you, I'm not going to make you come forward and do something of that nature, but it would help me if I'm able to just recognize that. If you would just lift your hand, I'm going to read some scripture. If that's you, you know that you need to be born again, and this would be a great day for that to happen. Anybody at all, just lift your hand. Really feel that there's some like that today, and we want to just pray with you. 
Anyone? Please afterwards connect to me or one of the pastors. It would be our joy and honor to pray with you. I love it. I'm reading in Romans right now in the one-year Bible starting today. And it says in verse 16 of chapter 1, he says, I'm not ashamed of the good news about Christ. It's the power of God at work, saving everyone who believes, the Jew first, also the Gentile. I'm so glad the gospel message includes all of us. This good news tells us how God makes us right in his sight. This is accomplished from start to finish by faith. And so if you're here today, we offer that to you. Let me ask this still with your head bowed. Who would say, Mark, I just need God to keep working with me so I can develop a greater love for people. Let me see your hand. All right. Yeah. Here, family, neighbors, co-workers, the region, the whole world, a love for people. It's the heartbeat of God. And I'm going to pray for that. and We'll have time to, to fellowship. Father, I thank you, Lord, for the body of Christ. I thank you, Lord, we've been called to such an hour as this. And, Lord, you're wanting to use each one in this room in a powerful way. You're wanting to use us, Father God, to be a representation of what your love is. Father, I lift up Rick and Tracy in this visit to Egypt, Father, at the beginning of August, that it's going to be highly anointed and effective and he'll find everything in order and the students growing and the teachers working diligently. We just bless it. We thank you for it. Father, I pray for the body of Christ here and those that are watching online and all the things they're having to do right now, many new things and complicated things. May, may we see that and just quickly tend to that so we can be about the mission that's greater than any inconvenience. Father, use us. Use us to be light in the midst of darkness this day and this week. Father, I thank you. You're going to prick our hearts so we can be the Good Samaritan. Let our heart just be moved, Father God, so that we're ministering and, and not just saying something quickly, but connecting in a greater way, in an ongoing way that brings lasting results. So, Father, we thank you for it. We praise you for it today. We're careful to give Jesus all the glory and all the honor and all of God's people say, come on, give Jesus a hand clap. Can we do it?